calling the dogs with Chansey and Chi. And as we were discussing getting ready for this, uh, getting ready for, for recording tonight, I have never been so emotionally stable <laughs> during the fall my entire life. Literally, my 30 years of existence have I ever been this calm going into this moment. And it's kind of nerve wracking. Yeah. Um, I was telling you, uh, I, I assume that your Apple Watch is concerned that your uh, your heart rate, your resting heart rate is not as high as it normally is this time of year. And I, I, I'll say this, Chancey, I, I'm thankful, but it feels, it does feel like something's missing. It's almost like it's not, we're still waiting the, on the real football season. <laughs> but hey, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna take it for granted by any means. I, I definitely, I mean, we're, we're about to be halfway through November. We're, Playing Tennessee in November, which is always weird, and by always weird, it's weird for what? How, how, wait, is this the second year that we played them in November or the third? I mean, I, I don't hate it because, you know, East Tennessee, this late in the season, you get the fall colors and all that and the mountains and all that. That's pretty cool. Now that I'm going to the game, I don't really care to go to Knoxville uh, potentially ever again in my life. Um, but it is weird not having Auburn – you know, especially whenever we played them at home at night, it was always just, I mean, that was the night game that we played, or the 3.30 game every year in November, but it is what it is, we swapped, I don't know, we bowed down to the, the, the commissioner, and, and, and Auburn was complaining so much that we finally did it, but anyway. Um, well, it's it is, all turning on its head anyway, whenever, yeah, whenever yeah. Oklahoma and Texas come in, so... Yeah, it's all changing again. Well, as long as they don't force us to be to be rivals with somebody that we have only played like twice in our entire existence. Um, yeah, I'm. I, no, at this point, man, I'm. I'm. I'm feeling pretty good. I'm not. Uh, you know, not crazy nervous, but I'm also at the same time. It's like we got no blemishes on our record right now, and let's just stay focused. I don't want to. I don't want to slip up anywhere. I'm, I'm enjoying the ride. The train can just fly off the tracks at any given moment, and mm-hmm. something crazy could happen. We had a couple of, uh, of of big time after we recorded, and actually coming into game time, there were a couple big things that stood out right before uh, Adam Anderson having some charges against him uh, of <clears throat> of uh, rape and just kind of crazy. Just a lot going on there. There's a, a, a lot. There's hasn't been any convictions or anything like that so there was a lot of stuff going on in that regard and then uh jamar sawyer going out for hopefully will only be a couple weeks i think we missed we it was very evident that we missed his presence uh during this game against missouri for sure uh so a couple of those things happening within the within 48 hours leading up till game time which uh changed i mean didn't look if you look at the score didn't really change the outcome but could be changing the trajectory of how we approach the the season uh, moving forward with the biggest remaining game of the season being this weekend. So, I mean, yeah. if we're looking at what we've got going, coming into going into Tennessee this weekend, that is obviously our biggest game with Charleston Southern and Tech uh, only remaining before the championship game. And so we've been through the gauntlet. We've, we've been through that. We, we've are – uh, we've only got one SEC game remaining. And we came into this weekend, though, this being a noon game, we were both there. It was a chilly morning. It was uh, slow. Windy. We have, it, yes, it yeah, was the, windy. The wind made it. The wind chill was was what made it so cold at first. Well, and and you came and sat with me, and you were sitting on my side in the shade, and it was still pretty chilly in the in the in it the was. shade. Yeah. And uh, but we are we have been living 
on a high, the whole state of Georgia. So you have to, with the Braves winning the World Series, happy World Series, by the way. Uh, we've uh, Braves Braves took the World Series in just an amazing fashion. And um, We recorded the, right before it last, last week, right? Yeah, we, we recorded, yeah, we recorded on, on that Monday, and, and we were like, yeah, the Braves are going to play. And then, of course, we don't release it until – I don't think we release it until Wednesday, so everybody's probably listened to it like – Hey guys, they they do realize that they that they won, right? It's so, uh, yeah, I forgot about that. I mean, I, I didn't forget about us winning the World Series. I forgot that we recorded beforehand. But yeah, man, good bravos. Well, and the whole state of Georgia has just been focused, obviously, on us winning the World World Series first time since '95 in just incredible fashion. I mean, just beating the hell out of the Astros <laughs> in that Love Game it. Six. Hey, it was incredible. Out. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. I mean, everybody had their chance to shine. I told you, I don't know if I told you, but when Soler hit that home run, like my chest tightened up. It was so, <laughs> it is so hard. It was, uh, it was awesome. Um, just, just amazing to watch that. And so you've got all that, all of that hype going into the week, and it really impacts everything. I mean, it's impacted our entire state, and really the southeast as a whole. And um, there's a lot of talk if is somebody from the Braves going to show up at the game and Jock Peterson ends up showing up and Blooper shows up. And so, I mean, there's just a lot of other stuff surrounding this game. And you've got to go in and play an SEC opponent at noon on a chilly morning uh, in November. And we came out slow. I mean, for us, we came out sluggish. Yeah. And it well, was – Well, for, for this year we did. I think in the past we would – Certainly expect that we would expect us coming out for a slow, slow against Missouri on at a noon game. But now this year you're like, man, we've already <laughs> we blew Arkansas out at noon earlier in the year. We've dominated everybody we played in that time slot. I I at this point this is kind of a new feeling for us because I mean everybody still has this PTSD from 2019 South Carolina game, which we've talked about a, a lot too. But I'm I yeah I it was weird because. I came in thinking distractions played slow, and then you, you go on and and you you just complete uh, completely dominate them for the rest of the game. Well, and we're so used to that sheer defensive dominance from the get, and Missouri was on our side of the field almost. I mean, it felt like immediately, <laughs> and it was just compared to what we have been we've been looking at, and part of it too. And, and so you also go into this game once you find out that uh, that. Missouri's starting quarterback's not going to play in this game. So their number one offensive production is uh, in, in in Blazelik. How do you say his name? Is it Basilic? Basilic. I don't know if it's Basilak. Basilic. Basilak. I think it's Either way, as you can tell, we don't care. And he didn't play in this game, and so he well, was meaningless. Well, give him a little credit. He is, he is a pretty solid quarterback. I'll give him that. And he's a he's a gunslinger kind of guy. I mean, Missouri. that's what Missouri has. What was that guy a few years ago? Drew Locke. Locke. Like, you know, just a guy who's going to sling it. And Drew Locke, one of the more overrated draft picks I've ever seen in my life, and everybody thought he was going to come. And now Teddy Bridgewater, a guy who's been in and out of the league and had all these crazy injuries and all this stuff and is starting over him. But they – Basilek was a he, he's a gunslinger. He's a pretty solid quarterback. But man, you come into it this like this. I mean, nobody knew these backup quarterbacks. They ended up playing two of them, and shit. I mean, crap. All they did was they didn't they didn't hardly throw the ball ever, and they ran. I mean, Chancey, I think they're still running the draw play on us. Oh yeah, it was, and that was what I think 
one thing that I don't think we were expecting because we had no idea what these guys were going to be doing. I mean, we didn't know. I think we knew they were runners. But even 12, I mean, he. I feel like he was more of a threat running the ball than Macon was. And 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 he, they started Macon uh, number 10. He was he was the first to go out. But, yeah, they drew, I mean, they was quarterback draw the whole game. That was their entire offensive production was letting coverage kind of waiting for a, a spot to open up in the line and for them to just – Take take off and 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 run the ball and if 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 I put a gun to your head, do you think you could tell me what number twelve's name was? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> I think it started with a T. Did it start with a T? Brady Cook. Oh wait, no, never mind. Wait, was he? Was I he? Think, I think it's, it's Cook. That was that's that's his name. Was Cook was the name. was Cook the guy who started? Yeah, so he was number twelve. Yeah, yeah, Brady Cook. Yeah. Oh, he's the same. So as person. you can tell, I would be dead. So hey. the it, it was in. And here's the thing, Missouri's got Missouri's going to throw out all the stops for us, and it was kind of like it was kind of like your. It took us a, almost a quarter to wake up, and just kind of and just realize, okay, we're playing we're playing in an SEC East matchup. We should probably start now and and just get our our momentum going and um and and finally catch our rhythm, and then we shut them down on defense. We get a couple missed field goals. Apparently, uh, his the kicker is the thicker kicker. I think that's what they, that's what Scott Howard kept calling him. <laughs> and I, did, I, I guess that, that I know that I didn't understand, but I guess he's a bigger dude. Didn't really notice that. But anyway, um, this was his first missed field goal all season. Was against us. Love to see it. And it, I mean, just <clears throat> great stuff. And uh, but once we got moving, I think we eventually kind of got back to our our expected level of, of dominance and didn't really give them much to work with, uh, especially from the defensive side of the ball. Uh, you're not going to see that we didn't have a ton of pressure. I think uh, there was a lot, like I say, a lot of quarterback draws that you mentioned. And so there wasn't a lot of sitting back in the pocket waiting for opportunities to throw the ball. So you didn't have a lot of that, but we still had some sacks and, and uh, plenty of pressure on the quarterback. But uh, those guys were moving. We didn't really – you could tell that we were a little sluggish getting started, but we didn't really – we don't have any game film on these guys. We don't really know what to expect with them. And eventually we shut that down, especially by the second half. They couldn't really move the ball very much. Well, once we got up – I mean, w- when we got through the third quarter, I think everybody expects us to just never give up any yards. And, I mean, when you're in the fourth quarter and you're up by 30-plus points, like you're just not – you're just simply not going to play the same defense – one, it leads to injuries. You're going to play safe, but you you're just not going to put as much pressure on the quarterback. And in, in these situations, I mean, even if you rush four or five, you're just simply going to leave some a, a gap somewhere. And you're just you're going to be sitting back. You're playing the pass. I mean, if they are trying to gain big yards, you know, 15 plus yards, they're going to throw the football anyway. So. I think they're they were happy to give them the the seven yard draws, the eight yard draws, and whatnot. But it's just not. I mean, that's not going to be something that there's a consistent game plan. It's not like whenever you remember the year that we played Florida, uh, and I mean, I it's I, I've almost erased it from my memory, but I think it was twenty. It may have been twenty fourteen where all they did was run the ball. They ran read option and draws the entire time. I think they threw the ball like maybe ten times, and. And it was just one of those things that we just had no game plan. It was almost like we were just like, oh, they, they're going to run? Like, 
we we have never heard of a running attack and and that's just this this is you can't do stuff like that against this defense it's it's way too dynamic obviously but it, i don't know it i think a lot of people think that 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 part of the game you just shut them down shut them out whatever uh and i'm thankful that we like you and i talked about that we stood strong at the goal line uh to end the game but at the same time it's just you're gonna give up more yards in the fourth quarter we're playing backups that is that's that is what it is but i still at the same time i you know you still can't let them get too much but i mean we we had i mean at some point i think we had third stringers in there so um I'm not basically what I'm trying to say is I'm not disappointed in the fact that we were that they we let up some yards in the second half. No, absolutely not. And, and I think what's more important and I was leaving the stadium when the the uh, goal line stand happened, but they had about four plays uh, inside the five, and we had to and they made some terrible decisions. I think we were, you and I were talking about on third down. Yeah. I mean the quarterback could have <clears throat> fallen into the end zone. He throws the ball. Uh, to a guy that wasn't really open. I mean, it was not a great – it wasn't a great throw either. But either way, our guys held him up. I think our defensive presence made him feel like he couldn't get that touchdown uh, running the ball. And, and I think what you're seeing too, just looking at the defense, I was thinking about Auburn and all those drop passes, and you're looking at a, a Missouri team that's been able to throw the ball really well and and – Obviously, you don't have a starting quarterback in, so you, you're not seeing your typical offense. But there's a lot of teams that are dropping the ball against us. They are not – they're not performing well. And I really think that there is a like – they're just not executing. And I think that it's got to do with, like, just our defensive presence. I mean, I really think people are terrified of our defense when it comes to a lot of these situations. Oh, yeah. Auburn dropped Auburn dropped <clears throat> half of their passes when they played us. They've been playing. They've been playing well since then. But, I mean, you look at these teams and they just don't – Florida was in shambles the whole game. And, Sorry. I mean, they, they just – teams are not – whether they're believing the hype or they just see our guys once we line up against them and it's like, well, we got no shot against this. So, I mean, I don't know what it is there, but I guess I just kind of noticed that there was one little uh, one little wheel route or something that, that – and at one point and they – the I mean, the receivers dropped the ball. I mean, it was right in his hands, and he just dropped it and then had an opportunity to pick up a first down. And, I mean, our guys are just – we're all over the place. And uh, we've just, we're just such a presence right now. It's just fun. It's just fun to watch. The defense is just having their, – their their intensity is just through the roof. And it, even on that goal line stand, um, our starters are, are piping up our – third, four-string guys, guys yeah, that yeah. will never see the field this season, maybe against Charleston Southern or Tech, who knows. And uh, and just that intensity, I think, is what's carrying this group right now. Well, you know, I, I meant to actually bring this up last week, I think. But, man, <clears throat> like guys that we literally – I mean, think about how often you and I mention Darion Kendrick on this podcast – and it's kind of like how we used to talk about like uh, Stokes or DeAndre Baker. Well, we talked about Baker more, but Stokes for sure. I feel like we were just like we would just kind of you know glance you know uh, over him and and the thing is the reason is because his name never comes up because he he never made made mistakes and and Darion Kendrick and Keely Ringo have been phenomenal and we haven't talked about them enough and I think it's honestly I hate to even talk about them because I'm so scared of you know knock on so much wood but like I 
you know, behind them we have almost nobody. Like we got Speed, and Speed is you know one. You know, hey, God bless him and Brini for for staying around uh, for so long. But Speed is just not a guy that we need in there as compared to the guys who are starting right now. It's a very large step down, and I'm very pleasantly surprised with with our back, the back of our defensive backfield, and all that. But yeah, I mean, at this point we're we're looking at a defense that's top to bottom I feels just so comfortable with and we that's even after losing our you know probably who would have been our go-to star guy you know Tyke Smith so anyway it's it is it's pretty awesome that we don't don't have to talk about these guys all this time but Darion Kendrick and Keely Ringo definitely deserves a, a ton of credit for how they played this year I don't know if you've seen it but they have I, I think they're like the top two cornerbacks I don't know if it's in the country or in the SEC as far as uh, I think it was as many uh, attempted throws on them uh, compared to how many uh, yards or touchdowns that they've let up. They were like the top two cornerbacks in the country. So um, basically it attempts to throw on them versus how much they've given up, and it's been very minimal. Which is which has been fantastic. I mean, it, you're, I'm glad you did that because they we haven't talked about them enough. Keeley has really shown up in his first full year of, of playing and uh he's been it's been awesome to watch him and uh, and Kendrick being a just uh, has really come in and I think having the front seven that we've had has allowed him to develop in our defense and get comfortable and 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 get that uh get the experience he needs with our team because man we're, we're just we're stacked from from top to bottom especially in that in our starting lineup it's just it's incredible to watch and I, I don't think we're I want to make sure that people are really this season. This season is flying by, but you need to be looking at. The, I, I've sent this out to our group chat. I want to. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna call out the opponent. Our opponents' sco- scores. Or just go through the game log. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm yeah. just gonna go through our opponents' scores, and this is starting with the Clemson game. Three, seven, thirteen, zero, zero, ten, thirteen, and six. Offensively, ten. 56, 40, 62, 37, 34, 30, 34, 43. If you want to do some quick math, that's 346 points to 59 points. So in some games are this season, we have scored more points than every other team has put against us. (laughs) And one of those touchdowns was a pick six that we threw. So you can't even count that. So it's just this defense is playing at a remarkable level, but then you have to look at it from a, the holistic point of view is we're not doing a lot of dumb things on offense and turning the ball over in a lot of situations to put us in stupid situations where our defense has to – it has happened this season, but if you look at other teams that are, are doing it all the time, a.k.a. A Florida, that is giving up the ball in so many situations uh, in short, fielded, short field situations that puts their defense on their heels – we're not doing those kinds of things. We're taking advantage of special teams opportunities. Each side of the ball is is executing at an incredibly high level, which is yeah. allowing our defense – we're not putting our defense in bad situations, which then allows them to th- – Not. I mean, they're just – they're phenomenal to begin with, but are allowing <clears throat> them to thrive and put up these just ridiculous stats across the board. Yeah, yeah. And I think 
what you actually what you were just talking about. I mean, it's not just an offensive and, and, and defensive situation. I mean, our special teams. I mean, we we used to be terrible with special teams, and with with the exception being like our kicker. I mean, we've always had a pretty darn good kicker, but I feel like there's been times where we just we either our kickoff team couldn't tackle our kickoff return team had nobody that was worth a darn you know couldn't get past the 25 yard line uh or you know punt team couldn't you know i mean think about the time whenever we played we because we used to have like second and third stringers only on special teams and i mean kirby i mean for you know he'll live and live and die by this but he's gonna have starters on on special teams and i mean yes i I think it it is a little scary, but at the same time, I I love it. I love seeing an Adam Anderson. I love seeing a Nolan Smith on kickoff, you know, and I think that that's been a big difference in our game game this year for certain. But I mean, think about that year that we played LSU and the uh, SEC championship 2011. Um, man. Do you remember what Tyron Matthew did to our our, our punt team? I mean, he just made Why'd us you bring look that stupid. Up? Well, look, I'm just trying to think of a good example, and that is the best well, example. Well, you I found one. <laughs> I, we just have always had like that randomly good athlete that can maybe do a punt return, maybe have a kickoff return. You know, Brandon Boykin comes to mind. But other than that, it's just not exactly. We just don't have this history of being great special teams outside of kickers. And so what I've seen, what we've seen on, under Kirby, especially. After you know, we had Miko. Had he was a pretty good returner. You know, we started to build that kind of uh, repertoire, and now it's like that is a full on every single snap we have on special teams. It is a weapon for every single game we play, and I appreciate how that is not just it's it's not just one of those X factors. It's really just part of the game plan in general. Like sending Nolan on the, that blitz to. I mean, we ended up having a safety. Should have been a touchdown. Uh, Dan Jackson put a dang. Did you see the, the, the divot that he took out of the end zone with his knee, man? He had that ball in his hands, and his knee just caught it. And, I mean, dude, I don't know if that guy plays golf, but gracious alive, he took a divot. And I I hope he placed it back in there. But, uh, man, it was just – that was enough. You could trip up on that. But, um, no, it's uh, it's been a very big part of our game uh, this entire season. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to see it. Well, and you're almost geared up for like a – game-changing special teams play every every game at this point. We're, I mean, we're averaging like a huge special teams play, whether it's a block kicked or a block so, punt. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, and we're, you're, we're setting us ourselves up for that. And and now it's just – it's almost you, – you almost expect it because we're executing so well. And um, every time we line up for a field goal, there's a really good chance we're going to block it. I mean, <laughs> you just you look at how we're how we're doing that, and that has been that has for the last three or four years, Kirby has been consistent with that. I mean, you look at for me, it feels like since the really since seventeen, we have we have had a great track record of of in a field goal game blocking, getting close to blocking kicks and yeah, and I mean, just, like how how famous is the Lorenzo Carter block or or uh, even even. Uh, Golly, what's his name? Tay Crowder, you know, catching that ball on the kickoff that led mm-hmm. to the to to Rodrigo. I mean, what was that? A fifty-five yarder that he that he booted? Yeah, still a Rose Bowl uh, record. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I mean, that, and, and so you, you can it, go way back. It's a huge. It, 
we're, we're it's allowing us to put ourselves in incredible positions to win and it's and and when we get into an SEC championship game no matter who we play because God it could be anybody at this point uh, we need to talk about that by the way but, oh we're, yeah. we're, we're going we're definitely going to talk about that but the but just just to see our guys do that and, and I don't think we've been giving our <clears> special teams <throat> enough credit over the course of this season that's the kind of stuff that that puts you because what we used to do is we used to give up momentum. We always shot ourselves in the foot from a lack of execution, from a lack of of just treating special teams casually. And now this season we have said, if you want the momentum, come and take it. And nobody can take it. I mean, we're just literally, we're just being that focused on executing what we're trying to do and we're not making many mistakes. And, and that's a whole knock on wood thing. Like I said, this could all fly off the rails at any moment. We're going to the most cursed place in all of college football and anything can happen. But, but right now we are just, we're firing on all cylinders and, um, and not, not making casual mistakes, I think is, is, is what, is what we're, what we're able, what we've been avoiding this whole season. I would say that the only downer has been pot. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I think everybody expected Pod to come in this year and 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 be the Rodrigo, and be, you know, he he's not he's not batting an eye, man. When he, whenever he's got a forty plus yarder, uh, but he has been very inconsistent. Now I think he lately he's been pretty darn good, which I'm thankful for. But it's not like he's been exactly tested. I mean, he's he's uh his long of this past weekend was twenty five yards. So man, I just I, that's what scares me the most when we get into a situation. Where we need a dire, we're in a dire situation. We need a, a a big play from the special teams, from the kicker specifically, and and he just shanks it. Man, the college kickers. I mean, I've seen too many college football games. Man, it's like one of those things that it's a it's almost like a 50-50 when it's a late game situation, and it doesn't it doesn't even have to be a long field goal. If it's a thirty five yarder, like man, I'm just like shaking in my in my boots, but. A no, anyway, oldest time. It, it it it's funny. I but all in all, like we're talking about, all in all, special teams have been pretty much incredible. And and I'm even just you know punt returns, kick returns, kick returns have gotten so much better. I feel like we used to run it out and just be right in the thick of things and just get you know basically slowed down and get to the twenty or whatnot. I mean, of course, you got your Ty Gurley's, uh, you know, your Malcolm Mitchells or whatever. Uh, but in, in the past, it's it hasn't been great, and now it, I feel like, you know, guys like Kenny Mack, who's getting healthy again, he's gonna get back there again. So anyway, I'm I'm excited about the fact that our special teams has played so well. Let's look at the offense a little bit this past weekend. What was the fir- what's the first thing that you take away from our offensive game plan or offensive production, rather, uh, from this last weekend? Uh, I would say negative or positive, either way. I would say we were it, we we had a lot of highs and lows during the game. I don't think we had some. I don't think we had crazy play calling. I, I think for the most part, there was a couple of times where we 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 did some we did some interesting things. But I'll, I'll take it from two different perspectives. I think from a run defense or run offense or how we how we did the, our, our run game this week, I was very disappointed with how we we called that game. I just bingo. Well, I, I, I mean, think uh, I, I think that was. Nothing about it was, and, and there's a couple ways you can look at that. Is it the not having Sawyer? Were we that inept? But I just don't feel like we did anything creative up front to create to create running lanes for our guys. And so, from a run from a running perspective, 
our guys just didn't have didn't have much to go off of uh, during the game. Um, I don't know what your thoughts are about the run game. That was actually the first thing that I was I was I was hoping I figured you would bring it up, but that was exactly what I was thinking. Like that, that's what scares me the most coming out of the last game. And 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 you know what we've had? It's almost like every other game we've ha- I've had concerns about our ability to push guys out of the way and make holes. And we've done it so well. I feel like we did it really well in the fourth quarter in several games. And I just cannot I, – I I want to see it in the first half. Basically, we we cannot run the ball in the first half. It's like we get it at halftime. It's like, all right, guys, like let's road grade. Let's do this. And then we come out in the third quarter and we realize that we can pull – pull a couple guys and do a toss sweep or do a stretch play, do a counter play. We ran the counter a lot against, uh, what was it? I don't know if it was Kentucky or Auburn, one of the two. We play, we ran that counter a lot in, in one of the games, and it was super, super successful. I don't feel like we did that as much this game. But what we're seeing is we, we are finally, I mean, Jamari is gone, and Broderick, I think, has been very good in pass protection. Uh, but... The guy's got a lot to learn. He had a very big learning curve. So what is it? Is it that big of a deal that we had lose our, our our anchor on the left side that we get completely thrown off? I don't know. And and it doesn't. It's not like we have. I mean, I think our best offensive lineman is Warren McClendon. I mean, I love Sawyer, but I think McClendon's been the most consistent guy. And it's not like we lost. I mean, our entire right side of the line has been intact. So. Um, or the last few games. So basically, what I'm trying to say is, what what changed so much? You know, where 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 are we getting to the point where we aren't able to move a rush defense in Missouri, who is literally like worst in the country, top top five, or excuse me, bottom five of the in the country? How are we not able to run the ball down their throats for 300, 350, 400 yards? Well, we haven't done that all season, and and there's a couple things you can chalk up to that. I think. They did stack the box. They said we're going to force you to throw it. So you look at that box, and they 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 put seven they guys in it, they and they they said just you we're going we're going to force you to throw the ball, which we did, and had success doing that. But uh, they, I also think we were not being too creative in the sense of we didn't we weren't too creative up front because we really didn't have to be. I mean, I don't think we did anything outlandish. Uh, We've got new guys up there in different positions and trying out some different uh, different setups so you can think about it from that perspective. But as we go into a game in Knoxville where we are going to have to be able to run the ball, when you go away, when you are away, uh, when you have to travel to a game like Tennessee and go to Knoxville, you have to be able to just – just run the ball to win, like to just close the game out. You have to be able to control the line line of scrimmage, and be able to to mitigate any concern there. Now Tennessee has given up. Um, they've have have given up some. Their defense has not been stellar this year. Uh, last week against Kentucky, they gave up 225 yards rushing the ball. Um, but as we start moving into these last few games, we we need to be able to show that we can run the ball. Because if we get to the SEC championship game, we are going to have to be able to run the ball. We're going to have to be physical up front. Uh, you look at these these big offenses, the ones that are successful have a good run attack. And we've got the guys to run the ball. Even if you look earlier in the season, Cook um, and and Zamir, I mean, you look, you really look – we talked about it with Zamir earlier in the season. He's made – he made so many 
moves like right at the line of scrimmage. You could tell like when he would get the ball, he'd have to he would have to juke a guy mm-hmm. <laughs> before he could hit the hole. So I mean, there's yeah. guys that were penetrating, and he was he was making it look good, but he was also having to save himself <laughs> to be able to to be able to make that make that play. And so it hasn't been our most. I mean, because we. I mean, he just had his first game with over. I mean, <clears throat> over 100 yards against Florida, and he had that big 40-plus yard touchdown run at the end of the game to 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 put him over. But it has not been a big. I mean, we have not been able to run the ball super. I mean, we we've been able to run it to to win games, but it has not been. Uh, it has not been stand out. Explosive, uh, and, yeah. and, and that and that's what we're so used to. I mean, you look at the past. I mean, look at the last uh, five or six years. I mean, we've had the 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 luxury of these guys who just broke really big runs. And I think that we don't have to have a a guy who's going to be. We don't have to have a DeAndre Swift who breaks a seventy five yard touchdown every so often. You know, we just need a guy who's going to be able to get the yardage that. Is to to the to the goal to gain, and I think Zeus is is obviously very good at that. I've been I, like I'm going to give him as much credit as I as I can because I have crapped on the guy so much in the past. But like James Cook is really turning on the last three or four games. I've been very impressed with what he did, and I think actually Missouri was maybe the more impressive one because I feel like there was a couple times where what you're talking about, like he was dead in the water in the backfield and they end up ended up getting five yards the only thing i mean like a guy like cook all he's got to do to make me like him is not go down with a tap on the on the on the waist like i mean i get it like if they grab your foot or whatever but like the guy in the past has been so bad about just i mean you can touch him and he's down and he's i'll just like i said i'll give him so much credit he has turned around he has turned into one of the better offensive weapons that we've had but Zeus is still the workhorse. We got Kendall, Ma- uh, excuse me, Kendall Milton has been has been out. But Kenny Mack also impressed us. I mean, how about that catch on the sideline <laughs> over there? Stupid. <laughs> so a hell of a play. And I went back. So like I, from my angle, I thought that it was a it was still a pretty darn good throw, and it wasn't terrible. But at the same time, you know, you you got to put that ball in front of that uh, and Kenny Mack. He might he might have been in the end zone on that play. So Chancey, I. I don't know, man. Running back situation. I'm not worried about our running backs. I'm worried about our linemen. It's not, and 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 honestly, the play design has been fine. But you're right. We didn't exactly call a lot of really aggressive run plays in that game. So I feel like it's a mixture of of those two things. Well, we're looking at the second worst team in the East that we played this weekend, and right. we're not going to bust out anything too uh, too exotic for these guys. We want to say they barely beat Vanderbilt, by the way. <laughs> so. Right. Right, and let's and let's also make sure we understand. We won this game forty-three to six. Like it's not like we're 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 very much nitpicking here. I mean, because what we're think what we're talking it's, it's about what we is, have to do at this point. You know, <laughs> yes, exactly. We're we're looking at okay. We're we're trying to go and we're trying to win the whole damn thing. And so are we? Are we? That's that's what we're we're nitpicking at. So let's just go ahead and get to the topic that is on everyone's minds. And are we? Are weekly? Weekly quarterbacks. <laughs> <laughs> the weekly session of of, of, of wheel of quarterbacks. And uh, so I'm just going to go ahead and give you the honors of um, of, a, of giving me your assessment. What, what were your what were your thoughts about a how our quarterbacks performed and 
how they were handled from a from a coaching perspective. <clears throat> so I am uh, I'm not paid millions of dollars to make this kind of decision, um, Chancy, but I will give my best assessment as possible. Um, the way I look at it is that so so many people we talk about this every freaking week when we have this segment. Um, so many people are just saying, hey. It's as, as simple as this. JT should be starting. And I and you know what? I want JT to start. I've said that ad nauseum. But I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Stetson has been playing like complete butt. Like, I, I just don't. And, and this past weekend, he's held to such a high standard. It's like, if he makes a single mistake, the guy, it's like, he's the, he's the worst quarterback ever. Pull him and put JT in kind of thing. If JT makes a mistake, it's like, he oh, he missed it. Like, you know, get him next time or whatever. And... And I, that's the only thing that I have a big problem with. I don't. I honestly, like I said, I want JT to be, end up being the guy. But J- Kirby knows what he's doing. One, we don't have to have a superstar quarterback to beat a lot of these teams in the second half of our schedule. Two, JT may walk into Neyland next week and be the starter. He may come out in the first snap. But what Kirby did this past weekend, I felt like made so much sense. Stetson even came back out in, in the third quarter. And played the first. Uh, he played the first drive, right, in the first th- in, in the third mm-hmm. quarter, and then and then JT came in the next drive, gave him he let him pass a few times, but he's not going to. I'm sorry, guys, he's not going to throw the ball a ton when we're up 43 to whatever it was, or you know 30 37 uh, 36 35 or whatever to three or, or six or whatever. I'm just not at this point where I'm super worried about it. Because I know that at the end of the day, if we make it to the SEC championship, and as long as JT doesn't mess up anything, uh, you know, beforehand, I we, he's going to start whoever's going to give us the best chance to move the ball down the field. Um, but I put it this way, man, I'm I'm just tired of of people making such a big deal about it because I mean we are still top 15 in the freaking country in scoring. So I'm, I I don't really understand exactly what everybody's complaining about so much. I mean and and Stetson threw for 255 yards. Now did his receivers make him look better? Yes, absolutely. He missed a few balls. They made some great catches. I think the same can be said for every freaking quarterback in the country. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, do you do you think that C.J. Stroud is throwing some some jack wagons who don't know how to catch a football? <laughs> do, do, what what about Caleb Williams? Do you think he doesn't have any you know five stars across the board over there? No, dude. These guys are throwing to freaking uh, just all all Americans and 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 they're then they themselves are four or five star prospects and like guys who may potentially be all SEC, all Big Ten, all. Big Twelve or whatever, so I'm just like, dude. I mean, I don't understand where, what the gripe is. We still are scoring so much. Kirby's doing the right thing and letting JT heal properly. There's no reason to rush him back, and because we've been, I mean, I think everybody thought that Florida was going to be the game that he needed to be back by, and we came in there and took care of business. Did Stetson? Stetson probably had his worst game of the season against Florida, and we still beat them like 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 a dog. So. I don't know, man. I I'm just at this point. What what's the point in, in in complaining so much about it? Um. So you brought up you brought up the point about we've had guys that our receivers are um people people are complaining that our receivers made Stetson look good, and I'm like, wait, isn't that a good thing? 
<laughs> isn't that isn't yeah. that like a really phenomenal thing that our receivers are getting healthy? We have possibly uh, the two best tight ends in the country, and one of them is a true freshman. And our receiving core that we said before everyone got hurt at the beginning of the season could be one of the best in all of college football are starting to show up. And Burton, being the, the main guy I want to talk about, who just showed out and said, I'm back. <laughs> He's like, I'm <laughs> yeah. here. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and I'm like, the guy I'm so I, I Just real quick, I'm so happy for him about that. Oh, my man. God. He gets me pumped up, man. I love watching him play and – He's super dynamic, and just to see him make that catch, he, he literally had two huge plays where he ends up on the inside the one. Freaking <laughs> one like, yard give line, this man. boy six points, and thank <laughs> God that pass from JT, he was able to go in and, and make that happen because um, I was just so excited. Just like you, I was so excited to see him play, and he man, he earned it. He's such a good football player, and yeah. I have been so upset <clears throat> he has not been able to play this season because hell, we could add 10 points to our – our average if this boy's been playing for us this season. Because we, we were starting this season with no receivers, like wide receivers. We only had tight ends. <laughs> yeah. And we had to teach these freshmen. Fortunately, Adani, is, we find out, is really good. Had a not a good game this past week. He dropped a lot of balls, but weren't great, weren't well thrown. But um, but either way, uh, we we had these guys had to step up. We got obviously Ladd had a big, had a good game to, this past week too. Uh We've we've got we've got the guys to make the play. So let me talk about the quarterback. I'm and don't let my don't let my viewpoint. I mean, I want you. I want to hear what your what your thoughts really are. I mean, I I I know where I sit, and I I I know I think I think I'd like I want JT, and I still respect Stetson, and still don't think Stetson is is complete crap. But like, if you think Stetson is complete crap, <laughs> tell me. Yeah. All right. If you'd like to, I'm just going to go ahead and start reading off the scores <laughs> from the games again. Okay. Um, that I've tried to I have tried to think about this thoroughly, and as and as I'm, I am very much in in the middle of this uh, on the spectrum here because I understand the desire to be an offensive powerhouse and put up incredible yards. So I'm going to give you these stats right here. And I want you to guess the name of the quarterback that I'm talking about. 36 of 54, 405 yards, two touchdowns, and two picks. That's C.J. Stroud of the Ohio State, the Ohio State against Nebraska. So he put up 400 yards, which we haven't, our quarterback hasn't done all season. He throws two touchdowns. Now he does throw two picks, but he throws it 54 times. Yeah. He threw the ball 54 times. So we're, we're wanting a quarterback that's going to put up crazy stupid I didn't know numbers. if we were talking just SEC parameters or all across Sorry. the board. Sorry. I, okay, okay. I wanted you to know that immediately. I was like, well, I mean, <laughs> that's some, some big numbers there. I'm impressed. But, like, what in the hell? Where am I supposed to go with that? They, right, go it, was 20, they've, it was 26 to 17 against Nebraska. So Nebraska is now, after that game, 3 and 7 in a complete dumpster fire. 1 and 6 in their conference. They're not mm-hmm. very good. Oh. And you look at these points, and so if you go to a Bryce Young, you look at um, – so the Bryce Young quarterback that we're going to talk about at home against LSU, they can't even – it was 20-14 to 14, the end of that game. So it was 20 that, – that their their final score was 20-14. to 14. You know what that spread was? It was 28-and-a-half. They were expected to blow them out. At home. And, I mean, I almost didn't even – I almost didn't even watch the, the game – starting out because I'm like, there's other games on. I was more excited about Tennessee, Kentucky. And then you look out at, at, at that game in Tuscaloosa, a team that's got nothing to lose and lays it all out on the line. 
and um, against Bryce Young. And so I'm, I'm, your, your viewpoint has not changed my viewpoint. Do I think JT is a better passer? Absolutely. Yeah. Do I, I don't think that I don't think anybody's gonna gonna put that in question. He is also rusty as all get out. Now we'll we'll say at the end of the game, whenever we put him in, the back half of that, he was throwing to guys he probably didn't even know who their name is. I mean, it was just he was he was throwing to the to the to the third third string guys. So I don't think you can take all that into account. The guy was rusty, he didn't throw great. He had a pick, but that really wasn't his the, the ball was a little bit behind him, he got tipped up and, and picked off. I'm not going to hold the, the the fact that it was a pick was not his fault, but he did throw. It was a bad throw, right? And so but, it was but not, Burton kind of just flung it up in there. Yeah, it <laughs> so. was not. It was not his. Uh, neither of their best moment. Um, so my thing right now is we are nine and zero in the SEC, and Kirby has made these decisions, and he's going to forever be judged by his quarterback decisions. I'm not in. So if you look at what Stetson's doing right now. Our numbers are better than anything that we have had under Kirby. I mean, like if you look at our offensive production, we are doing better right now yes. from a quarterback from a quarterback standpoint. So you basically you're looking at Jake Fromm and one year of, of Eason and yeah. Stetson and is a, and then half a year of of Stetson and, and JT. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you're so yeah, so you're looking at splitting those and J, and JT put up some put up some really good numbers at the end of last year. I do think that JT is a better pocket passer. I think one thing is is that Stetson's mobility has gotten us out of multiple situations in some of these big games. So you're looking at we have had he has been able to pick up some key yards in some on with his feet in some pretty important situations. Now has he made the best decisions while he's throwing the ball? Absolutely not. But I do think that we have got to work JT back into this lineup to figure out him starting this game this weekend would not have been a good decision. Because we need to be able to stomp out Missouri and be done with it. But did I, like I said last week, do I think we need to give JT or time to get settled and get comfortable? Absolutely. We need to give him some reps, get him back in the game, get game speed, get him moving again and get him throwing the ball. Yeah. Um, I just want everybody to, to calm down. Like, I, I think that's, that's my main thing. Like I, I do think that JT, if it comes down, I got a gun to my head. If I have to pick one with, going to the national championship game or something like that or going into the SEC championship game against an incredible defense, if we have to go up and play against a Texas A&M who's got a really good rush defense, like a pass rush defense, who's the guy that you want in a in a serious pass rush? Right. The guy that can make a play in that situation or a guy that can get the ball out quick? I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, I'm, 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 I don't know if I have come to my conclusion. Well, I mean, I, 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 I think that JT is still the guy that I think most and the majority of people want to be in there in that situation. It's just not a matter of I, – I think there's just so much of our fan base that just think it's such an easy, quick thing to like, oh, JT, he's healthy? Like, let's let's go. And it just takes it takes several weeks to get these guys ready, either in in, in terms of physicality. Uh, I mean, it's not like you know if they're if they're hurt, it's not like they're working out or practicing and whatnot in the same uh, capacity that they would have been beforehand. So I don't know. It just there's always this progression that they have to go through first. But I think at this point, it might just, I mean, like I said earlier, I mean, I think this coming weekend might be the, the game that we see JT actually come out and start. But as far as the SEC championship, I mean, I, I obviously go on record here saying, like, yeah, I would still rather JT be in there. Could Stetson beat Texas A&M? I think so. 
Could Stetson beat Alabama? I think so. But, I mean, it's not like it's just Stetson or JT going out there by themselves. <laughs> they got exactly. pretty damn good defense over there. Well, and my thing is, is I, I mean, I agree, but at the same time, what has – I'm going to play devil's advocate here, but what has JT done to make you think that he's going to do better than Stetson? Let me, let me just say this one, one real quick. So somebody uh, I saw online, somebody brought up something about how Stetson supporters uh, – or, you know, say something like, uh, you know, he threw for 280 yards and, and five touchdowns against UAB, and that's why he's our guy or whatever. And, you know, obviously making a stupid statement. But, you know, s- saying stuff like that, I'm just like, so I don't think you understand that, one, Stetson has played more ranked teams than JT has. And, and, and Stetson's played, he started more games. Let's just look at starts. He started more games than JT has. He's played and, and beaten more ranked teams than JT has. JT has played very well in a lot of games. But has JT played very good competition? No. He's he's played two games, started two games against uh, teams that were deemed to be very good competition. What he did against Cincinnati is is by far the best thing that's on his resume. As a Georgia starter, I don't even, I'm, we're not talking about USC. But what he did against Cincinnati, by far, is the best thing that he's done at Georgia. Now, then you look at Clemson. Clemson's obviously not what we thought they were going to be, but still, I'm not going to hold that against him. But he did not put up big yards. He did not put up, put up big numbers against a very what we thought was a very good defense, and I still think it's probably a pretty respectable defense, even with, uh, you know, Brzee went down and they've had some other injuries. So basically what I'm trying to say is the majority of JT's career at University of Georgia has been against bottom half, I mean, bottom third of the SEC talent, and he's putting up big yards, but it's not like he's playing very good defenses. He hasn't started against really really good teams across the board. So that's what, I mean, basically to your point, I still don't really know, like if JT had played Alabama and Florida last year, maybe we would have a better idea of how good he he really is. I just can't, I'm not going to sit here and tell you he's a superstar based off of what he's done at Georgia so far. But also, if the guy is still so, say he's been hurt and he's recovering, and and so if we lose, if we lose to Florida, we're in a whole different conversation. I mean, there's going to be clamoring for something to change or something yeah. to be done and that kind of thing. We're not right. in that situation. Like, no. we have possibly the best defense in college football ever that we are getting the opportunity to deal with, and it's like we're not taking that into consideration. Right. And we have to make sure that we're we're looking at that. what what quarterback is putting us in the best position to win with the entire team that we have. And I'm not sitting here and being trying to be Disney dog like everything's perfect and everything's fine. But I'm looking at from the perspective of we're not doing real stupid stuff. He had a bad game against Florida. Florida has had flashes of being a good defense this season, and our defense did what they do best and put us in incredible positions to succeed. And we put points on the board. Yeah. I mean, we, we did what we were supposed to do. And that's what I'm that's what I struggle with is like you gotta look at this from the whole perspective of I don't think I don't think on the first pass you that that Stetson throws it's not a good ball. It's time to it's time to roll JT out there and, and, and do that because A, that doesn't put con- your team that you have confidence in your guy. You don't have confidence in the guy that you've put out there to 
win this game for you. Yeah, that, that's not a good play either way. Whoever you're, wh- whoever's starting, it's not never good to pull them after like make one mistake and pull them. Well, and and here's the thing as well is if JT is our best, is our best chance of winning. Is he 100% healthy? Is he still? Are we trying to get him? Are we trying to slowly work him up to that point? So instead of him playing four quarters of a game and risk re-injuring that his re-injuring his re-aggravating his injuries are we slowly trying to work him up because like you said he could come out and start against Tennessee we don't know another week of rehab and 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 working and having first team snaps and that kind of thing that stuff's important why do you rush that if you don't need to yeah that's I think that's what we're we're not we're not understanding here I mean I was joking about calling out those scores again but you have to we have to realize that we're putting up stupid numbers our guys are making incredible plays. Stetson's throwing the ball down the field. Like we're, we're, we're getting guys involved. We've got some incredible weapons. These were the weapons we were talking about at the beginning of the year that are starting to show up. And having Stetson, as having the ability of Stetson to run the ball and either having to have somebody spy on him or not spy on him, that either allows him to throw the ball down the field onto another. There's one less guy who's being covered that he can throw the ball to, or he's got he's got an opportunity to run the ball and pick up right. a first down. So right. for us, a, for us, a first down, extending drives and doing stuff like that, that's just as important as scoring, because seven points by our offense is the equivalent of <clears throat> two two fourteen points last year's team, maybe even more yeah. than that. Yeah. I mean, because you, you're <laughs> just there. The chances of them scoring a touchdown are almost none. <laughs> it's, it's just it's just the way that the, the math works out. Yeah, I'm I'm just you know this this was actually his lowest uh, rushing. Sorry, we're talking talking about stats. This is actually his lowest uh, rushing output in a, in a while this past weekend. And um, you know I think that's kind of a good sign. But at the same time, it's like man, think about what he did against Florida. I think a lot of people realize that he did not have a very good passing game that 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 game. Uh, but at the same time, he made some really good plays with his feet. And you can't underestimate that. And he also did the same thing against Auburn. And I'm just not, I don't know, I, I'm, I'm just not going to count him out as being a guy who can get it done. Now, does he scare me with some of these balls that he underthrows? I mean, we're going to play some teams with a lot better defensive backfield than, than Missouri. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And, and he throw, he's throwing some balls behind him. I just think it's like, man, when you're looking at through this at Stetson through a microscope, yeah, absolutely, he could look terrible at times. But, man, if you look at the broad picture and sit back and realize, like, like, if JT wasn't available for whatever reason, I'm not going to say any 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 reason. But if JT wasn't available whatsoever this whole rest of this year, like, would you, do you don't you think that people would have much more of a positive look at Stetson right now? Like, say say JT never even had a chance to start this year, you know, or play this year, uh, and or he opted out, whatever. Like, don't you think people would be more back like on Stetson, you know, piggybacking on him? That's that's what I think. It's like, you know, it's it's always we have a tendency as Georgia fans to always look at the guy who's behind the guy, you know. Even whenever Aaron Murray was here, there was times where Hudson Mason was was, oh man, he's so good. You know, this guy was came in as a great prospect, and it, like it, I remember people chanting Hudson Mason's name at games, and I that was you know 2010, 2011, uh, not 2010. I can't remember when he came in, but anyway, he. But anyway, I, it's just one of those things that I just feel like everybody always thinks there's the grass is always greener on the other side. But you know, to me, I just say you know, be careful what you wish for because 
I think a lot of pe- these guys, like you heard Nolan Smith's comments, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago, uh, or after last week's game, but like, you know, it's just, it's like, don't be, like, the, the player, if the players have confidence in a guy, and, like, let, let them, let them be confident. Don't, don't distract them. Don't let the fan base be the reason that, that, that there's some sort of drama on the team. And, and I think they've just been able to shut that all out and, and focus on what needs to be done. But yeah, I'm just, I'm just tired of all, it's just, it's a little just, it's just exhausting, to, honestly. And I'm just, I'm ready for people to just say, hey, look, it doesn't matter who we trot out there. It could be freaking Jordan Davis and we, we're ready to roll. Well, if you look at what we've, what's going on at, uh, at our, at the team down uh, below us, south of us in Gainesville, they uh, they're they've been having to deal with a quarterback situation, and their whole situation has led to the firing of their defensive and offensive coordinators, which is like oh the offensive coordinator. Got, I think he, he got, got dropped too, and I might be yeah. I might be lying there, but I think I, I saw a projection that he was he was going to be on the way out, and um, at some point, but he may not have. But I know that Grantham <laughs> is going to be gone. Wait, and, does, does Dan not call the plays down there? I don't know. I don't know I if he does remember, or not. I but either way, he calls the plays. But like, how terrible would it be if you're the O coordinator and you don't even call the plays and you got fired? <laughs> <laughs> it's the Florida way. Yeah. Uh, I, I. We just need we need to be very we need to be. I, I think you're you're right talking about the grass is greener. I, my thing is is I just want us to. I'm okay with like some some positive like. Like if us wanting to be the best that we can possibly be, I want to give JT the opportunity to prove that he is a better option. Mm-hmm. But I don't want people to get their panties in a while when they're when. I, to, I guess what my, what I'm saying is I don't think the gap is as big as people realize. There's there's the gap between yep. JT and Stetson is not as big as people think. And um, and right now Stetson has been in more situations in bigger games to to get us there. And now has he performed the best in those situations? I don't think so. But you look at um, we can we can break this down all we want. But well, I mean he's thrown for 250 yards three uh, two two times out of the last three games 230 plus. In four of the of his starts, so that's not even counting. You know, I'm looking at his game log right here, and you know, aside from Arkansas game being a he threw the ball 11 times against Arkansas, uh, and obviously we just dominated that game both rushing and defensively. But at the same time, so other than that, the only game that he has performed, you know, pretty pretty uh, noticeably poorly was was against florida and then otherwise i mean he threw for 255 two touchdowns and no no interceptions and against missouri kentucky 253 touchdowns no interceptions uh you know auburn no interceptions 231 two touchdowns i you know and he's throwing for at least 65 percent in all these games too so i'm just not it's not like the guy's been like just so terrible yeah his receivers have helped him out a lot i mean you got that's gonna happen whenever you got a bowers and a uh, freaking Burton down there, but I think that's to be expected. I mean, th- don't you think George Pickens makes every? Do you think George Pickens made JT look better last year? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah. There's a couple a couple of plays in that uh, Sugar Bowl that uh, George Pickens was trying to go ahead and get his Heisman candidacy out there uh, for the next season before he before oh, he yeah. got hurt. <laughs> and yeah. um, so anyway, I I just and we're already we're already going along, say, we, but yeah. it's we just. Let's see how we do this week, and then as we're getting closer, we've still got. That's the crazy thing. We got this game. We still got two more games. Let's let's go in. If Stetson starts starts the game, just have some 
give give him give the man some love like god bless just cheer on your guy that's that's starting for you and because we we win this game we are undefeated in the sec we're undefeated period we have swept the entire conference going into atlanta and that's a big deal that's a big freaking deal and and so i just want us to be cognizant of that going into this but anyway uh real quick look at we've kind of touched on it a little bit but a lot of stuff happened um, during this uh, during this game um, or during this week, and um, just a crazy weekend in football uh, altogether. Yeah, Tennessee, Kentucky was crazy last weekend. Obviously, you talked about Alabama, LSU as well. It's just one of those things where I, I look at this game, and I think the only thing that scares me is it's Neyland Stadium. It's the three thirty, you know, kind of primetime game. Uh, and, and and you know what that field is just it's a hellhole. <laughs> this that that is you know we've talked about it all the time, but that 2013 game where we had three or you know two ACL tears, one MCL tear, and got lost three guys for the season. It's just one of those places where you just get this this feeling in your stomach, and it's not going to go away, Patrick. I mean, it, it's, as good as we're playing, and as much confidence as we have in in our in our team, I mean. When we go to play up in Knoxville, I mean, you feel it every time. It's a it's a terrible place, and and I've actually never been, um, but I've just I know what it's done to me, uh, emotionally and spiritually. You didn't go in twenty thirteen. Nope, that did not I go. I swear, I put like um, oh, I oh my mother! Been. I like I, <laughs> I swear I thought you were there. Nope, I had just started a pharmacy school, and we had a test that Monday, and so I didn't go. And um, man, I've. And I don't know if I'll ever go. To be honest, um, I don't know if I, I don't know if it's one of those things I need to check it off the bucket list. But I will not be there this weekend. But um, dude, I've gotten the itch. I've, I've almost, I, I thought about it, but then my wife is gonna work uh, literally the entire weekend, and uh, we have a son. So <laughs> yes, it's always that little that little curveball that has just simply not there. gonna happen. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 looking at Tennessee, Tennessee is trending up. They are doing everything right now. So, uh, uh, Hypel, I think is what you said his Heifel. name was. Yeah, Hypel. Okay. Uh, earlier before we started, I called him Hypel, and we didn't know where that came from. And I don't know either, but I just don't really care about him that much to care how to say his name. It's but a breakfast pastry. Breakfast pastry. Yeah. Uh, runs a came from UCF. Runs a no huddle offense. You look at the game. We were talking about it before we started. Uh, if you look at their stats against Kentucky, just just dumb stats. You you would not tell who be, you would not be able to look at this and see who won the game. Uh, Tennessee only had the ball for thirteen, just under fourteen minutes, and Kentucky had it for over forty five minutes. And uh, I think I told you that Kentucky had ran ninety nine plays on offense and still lost this game. And there was a lot of big mistakes by Kentucky and just a lot of bad calls by the refs it was just a bad bad deal overall for them um but tennessee is playing ball hooker is is throwing the ball well um the thing about they no huddle offense and, and you could see at the beginning of the season they weren't really able to get it going so if you can't get your no huddle offense going it puts your defense in a terrible position and even against in this kentucky game they put them in a terrible position but tennessee was able to able to hold them off. I mean, Tennessee or Kentucky still put up 42 points and this no huddle offense. I think we're, we have enough film on them now that hopefully we can 
we can get an idea of what we're gonna um, what we need to do against them. But you get a couple three and outs against a no huddle offense, and you put yourself in a really good spot. The one thing you don't want to do is get down early, and yeah. that's where they can because they're gonna come out if they get the ball first. They're gonna have their whole script. They're gonna be able to do everything like they want to, and you got to be able to stop it. And yeah. That's I mean that's what they're built on, and so it's about fast pace. We're used to rotating guys in and out all the time. You're not going to be able to do that. You're not going to be able to do it the way you normally do. So this is going to be a whole different game plan going into this weekend. One thing that's really key in those kind of no huddle offenses, especially this one that Hypel does, um, are you just now eating dinner? Like I, I have mm-hmm. you not eaten? Okay, no, I'm, all I'm, right, I'm good. Just, don't worry. Just a little snack, a little snack there. <laughs> wife, wife brought a little snack to Patrick. She, she's making uh, sure I'm okay. <laughs> yeah, we've been sitting here probably a little bit longer than we anticipated, but uh, no, I, I, one thing that's a staple of those kinds of offenses is a you're you're gonna get in those second and fives or whatever, and they're gonna do a swing out screen to a wide receiver screen, and. Our defense, and that's one of those plays. I mean, tunnel screen, receiver screen to the outside, whatever. All, our defense has shut those down this year. And obviously, we go back to what we were talking about earlier uh, in in the episode. But you know, Kendrick and Keeley have been so good out on the outside. So is Brainy coming up on that star position. So it's like I I feel like that's the kind of play that they are going to try to run a ton. And we are so good against it this year. It has been a thorn in our side in the past. But this year, we've been so good against it. So I'm not too concerned. What I'm concerned about most about Hooker is he's a very efficient passer. He's got 21 touchdowns against two interceptions. And he didn't even start the year out. Joe Milton, they've got, you know, all these freaks. They've got like five transfer quarterbacks in their <laughs> quarterback room. I mean, that's just Tennessee for you this, this uh, you know, decade. But. Uh, they've got a ton of transfer quarterbacks. Joe Milton started off the year as a starter, and I don't know how they chose him over Hooker because Hooker has been a very efficient passer and a solid runner. So what I'm concerned about most is him doing what he did, what Missouri did against us in the second half. You know, doing those draw plays just to get just to get the, the you know the the six yard first downs. I'm not concerned about he's not going to do that on first and ten. I'm concerned about him doing that on second and and medium. So and or, or third and medium. So anyway, that's I don't think it's going to be one of those big concerns. I think we're going to get way more pressure uh, in this game. Uh, I don't think their offensive line is as near as good as what people think it is. Um, their defense is not good. So that's one of those things. It's like you know, at the very least, we can lean on that. I think Todd Monken's going to come in and play a very uh, call a very good game. There are going to be more screens in this game, and there's also going to be more. Uh, I think we're going to do more uh, attack on the scene, especially if JT is in there. I think we're going to sling the ball a little bit more because uh, he's going to he's going to want to open this thing up. There's going to be a lot of adrenaline pumping. But I mean, Chancey, I I swear, like I said, I I thought for certain that you went on that trip. But uh, honestly, I I can't even recommend going to this game. It's almost one of those games that I told myself well, whenever we left, I would never go back. Is but it's one of those games that I've dared myself to go to again. And 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 but here's the thing: hearing Rocky Top over and over and over and over again is not worth. It. So, and we hear it enough on the broadcast. I was about to say you can hear it enough on TV that I just I, I can't even. The thought of driving all the way up there to then have to sit there and listen to that for three hours is actually miserable. Like it makes me <laughs> upset just sitting here thinking about it. Yeah. And so I I, I definitely uh, 
I'm not seeing it anytime in my future. That's been one of those things. It's like I've always, I actually I've always wanted to go to Kentucky. I haven't been to Lexington. There's a bunch of places I want to go, and, and Tennessee never comes to mind. It, it, it never have I thought about like I really want to get up to Neyland Stadium. <laughs> no one's ever said that before. So, hey, you know what we ought to do is sometime the next maybe the next time we play up there, we you and I ought to go up there just exercise some demons. You know, because, you know, have a spiritual experience. I, 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 yeah, I mean, I think we could do it. We sit up in the nosebleeds and do our little seance and what. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, it's, it's, it, at, at the moment, it's definitely not worth it. So, I, this game to me is just about you don't start slow here. I, I don't think, I think we got that out of our system. I think us traveling into Neyland, it being a big game, you win this game, you are undefeated in the SEC. Yeah. 330 game there's going to be a lot of hype there's no real chance to to if you if you come, come out slow flat. yeah if you come yeah. out flat to this game it's your own fault yeah. and so uh the the recipe is not really lining up for that i mean this is this is looking to be a big game we're, we're opening up as big favorites we're opening up as a 21 point favorite on the road against them against an offense that puts up puts <laughs> up a lot of points <laughs> yeah i know these these spreads are just ridiculous at this point but it. you look at Alabama was favored against LSU with a spread of 29 points. It opened up as, and that game was 20 to 14. And so you never know what's going to happen. Um, but man, if we come out and this defense is playing at the level that it has, our offense is getting healthy at the right time. We're starting to trend offensively from a receiver perspective. We're trending the right way. If we can fit the running game figured out. Um, and also too, I think I was reading somewhere that Tennessee has given up like an incredible amount of sacks this season, um, like I think yeah, their 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 offensive line is not good. I think they've given up the most sacks, uh, with maybe the uh, exception of Vandy in the SEC. Over under four and a half sacks. If if Anderson was playing, I'd say over. I, I'll say four. I'll say exactly. Okay, that's over a good. Exactly that's a really four. sharp number there, Chance. Thanks. I was really. I don't know. It just came to me. And I was like. Big Vegas guy. I, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to get there. <laughs> Just seeing some of these stupid numbers this year has, has gotten me, me thinking a little, little more. But that's I, – I, I'm going to say over just because um, I, I feel like we're going to – our defense is going to want to make some make a statement this weekend. Yeah. So, yeah. in the toilet bowl. So I like that, dude. Give me more prop bets. I love that. Yeah, well, Throw well, them well, if if they ever come to mind in the middle of a segment we're doing, just <laughs> boom. What do you think? Over or under? And I'm like, dang, let's go. All right. Well, um, anyway, we're uh, we're obviously not going to be there, but um, dogs are playing at three thirty. Going to be a big game. So the whole SEC is just kind of in shambles right now. Um, there's so much going on. It's crazy. There's no telling who we're going to play in Atlanta. Yeah. Um, a- but A&M's got a chance. Auburn is. Out now, right? Out, no. Auburn's out after losing to A and M. No, I think no. Maybe they are out, but they can still they can still get A and M there. I think Auburn it, still has a way to get there. I think it's kind of convoluted because they've lost uh, two. They've lost two. They've lost two. See, Auburn controlled their destiny, but now yeah. they don't control. Now they don't control well, their destiny. They've lost three SEC games now, right? Mm-mm, because they one lost of them, two. One of them's Penn, huh? One of their one of their losses is Penn State. I thought they I thought they had another loss. I thought they lost to like a. Uh, hold on, let me look at this. Either way, the the. West oh yeah, is... you're right. No, yeah, that's six and three. Yeah, Penn State, Penn State, us, and Texas A&M. So, yeah, if Alabama, if they beat Alabama, I this my brain hurts just thinking about it. There's gonna be like a it could could potentially be a three way tie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
This is wild, man. Well, and so that's the thing is like they finished the year with three SEC games. They played Mississippi State, South Carolina at South Carolina, and then Alabama. That's wild. So they have the chance of shaking this whole thing up because if they if they give Al, if they give Alabama a loss and then A and M stays undefeated, then we would be playing A and M in Atlanta, which is just nobody was thinking about for a while there but anyway there's there's a lot a lot of football's got to be played so we got plenty of time to talk about that but i, I do i do think it's going to come down to who wins the iron bowl and oh, yeah. and 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 obviously if if, if auburn wins texas A&M, and and texas A&M wins out then auburn then texas A&M has the you know tiebreaker over them and they would go but yeah i mean i think it's uh man that's interesting this is probably the most competitive the sec west has been in a long time uh yeah but, but except between like lsu and bama in the last few years so either way it's going to be fun um I'm, well I'm yeah excited. i mean sorry the the exception of the lsu team that was but across you know, across the, the board the if you're teams, looking if yeah. you're looking at the whole west it's normally not yeah. like this 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 is normally a sec east thing that we that we like to do so either yeah. way um we might be on record for the longest podcast we've ever done so uh Let's wrap this puppy uh, up. I think we've done uh, about an hour and a half before, but yeah, we we we've we've definitely made more with less in, the, in this one. Uh, so anyway, yeah, we'll just wrap it up. I, I feel pretty good about this weekend. Uh, it's just the only thing that scares me is that is that environment and those godforsaken hillbillies up there. But uh, yeah, man, we're uh, as long as that man don't let. If they start throwing trash, I'm going to drive my car up there, and we're just going to have to beat some set, tail. Set the whole thing on fire. I'm, I'm going <laughs> to go to place. jail for arson. It's it, it's it needs to be. Yes, I'm, I will, I might just do it anyway. If I get if I leave now, I can get there in time before the game and just set the building on fire. So um, it's just a horrible place. So let's just go beat the hell out of them. Let's go let's go finish it. Um, also, too, real quick, I did want to mention this. Um, Incredible tribute. I was about to say finish the drill, and that just made me think about Rick. Had an incredible, incredible um, halftime uh, ceremony for him this past week uh, during the game, and it was just it was just amazing to see. It had me teary eyed. I was glad I was wearing my sunglasses so that I could kind of keep keep it all kind of contained. But um, would love to at some point we can talk about that. But um, they did. They kudos to. Um, to Georgia for, for doing that uh, much deserved and coaches obviously living in Athens now and where he belongs. Uh, he, he, he's, he's supposed to be in the classic city. And, um, so it was just, it was a beautiful thing to watch. And I was, I was proud of how they, how they did that. So well-deserved by a, by, by a good man. It's a good man. Exactly what I was So instead of, saying. instead of finishing, instead of finishing on a note about Tennessee, I would much rather talk about Mark Rick than, <laughs> than Tennessee. <laughs> un, un, unfortunately, as you know, I was sprinting around the stadium at halftime trying to get to bring, grab my Chick-fil-A and get to y'all seats, uh, literally from the, uh, probably the exact opposite, uh, side of the stadium that y'all were on. But, um, I hate I missed it. And, you know, Rick, Rick is obviously, like you said, I mean, that's, he's our childhood coach. So, um, Honestly, I don't. I don't remember Donnan. I don't remember golf. You know, Ritt is the first head football coach that I remember at University of Georgia. So, uh, yeah, man, I'm all the best for him, and we're we're praying for him, and uh, we're just hoping that uh, he can stick around and, and, and be you know uh, part of this program for a really long time. So, um, chance I uh, will be watching with my son, maybe just by myself. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> And like I said, I got to take care of a little, little man. Um, wife is wife has got to 
Kanana's got a uh, she's got a she's got to work this whole weekend. So anyway, uh, you got big plans? You going to be watching at the house or what? Yeah, I got to work and then probably have a few people over and um, and then we're just gonna hope that we have this game wrapped up by about five o'clock and then we can start looking at looking ahead and and, and being done here. So. It's no, going to be no probably play. wrapped up before we wrap up this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at this rate, so. Good dogs. Dogs on top. Yeah.